everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today, I wanna to talk about bonds. So Jerome Powell spoke at the Economic Club of New York last week and spoke about the weirdness that we've been seeing in bonds, the unprecedented movement that we've been seeing in bonds and how important it is to thinking about the broader market and the economy overall. So I'm going to talk about the unusual moves that we've been seeing, provide a little bit of detail into them and why they're happening, and then talk about the path of fiscal. So a lot of people think that fiscal is unsustainable, Jerome Powell himself said it, but there are signs that it could be chilling out a little bit and it could be a good bode for the future and something that we can worry about a little bit less. So if you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, hit the like button, share with a friend who likes bonds or doesn't like bonds, it always helps. Jerome Powell spoke at the Economic Club of New York last week, and he basically came out and said what we all already know, which is that the Federal Reserve is potentially going to pause this next go around. Part of the reason that they're going to pause is because inflation has pretty much been tamed. There's still a lot of work to be done, um, but everything that we're seeing in different inflation prints is showing that things are going in the right direction. Part of the other reason that they could be pausing is because the bond market is losing its mind. So there's rising bond yields right now. And so when you have a bond, you have a price and you have a yield. So prices and yields move inversely to one another. When you purchase a bond, you're effectively lending money to the US government or whatever entity. In return, you receive a periodic interest payment called a coupon payment, and eventually you get the bond's face value when it matures. And this is issued at market interest rates normally. So imagine you buy a bond with a fixed coupon rate of 3%. If market interest rates remain at 3%, the yield and your price of the bond remain stable. You're in a pretty good situation. But if interest rates rise, which they have, the Federal Reserve has hiked rates rates 500 basis points over the past few years, um, that makes your 3%, 2% bond much less attractive because all this new issuance to market looks pretty freaking good. And so now um, all these bonds are pretty much underwater because the price has to go down in order for people to take these bonds off your hands. They're like, well, why would I take your 3% bond if I can go into the market and get a 5% bond? That doesn't make any sense. And so everyone's a little bit confused though as why these bond yields are rising the way that they are. Some people say, okay, it's because everyone expects the Federal Reserve to keep on raising rates. Everyone expects the overnight rate to be higher. And then part of the thing that people are thinking about is the term premium. So when you look at bond yields, portions of that is the Fed's overnight whatever, whatever, um, basically things that we can measure directly in the market. And then there's this whole uncertainty aspect, which is known as a term premium. That's kind of the price that you have to pay somebody to take on an element of, I don't know what's going to happen, do you? And so a lot of people think that the term premium is rising is because nobody knows what's going to happen with government deficits. And it's a little bit worrying the path, as Jerome Powell pointed out, the path of these deficits and whether or not they're going to remain stable. And so if you're taking on government debt, and you're like, I don't know if that government's gonna be able to handle this debt load moving forward, you're gonna be like, you gotta pay me a little bit more. Like if you're lending money to a friend who is always known for buying Maseratis or buying new laptops or buying chicken farms, you're gonna be like, okay, if I lend you money, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more interest because I don't know if you can pay me back. But if you're lending money to a friend who's always stable, always good, pays you back a day early, you're gonna ask them for a lower interest rate on the loan that you give them assuming you charge your friends interest just play along with the game here and this is what's going on with the government now the u.s government is people are looking at the u.s government and they're like you could be buying some maseratis with all this debt we don't know what you're doing we don't know if the path forward for you is sustainable and so this term premium uncertainty how much you have to pay for you to 
don't know, and it can't be explained by the Fed, but can be explained by deficits. And so this is rising, so it could do some of the Fed's job for them. So because the term premiums are rising, because uncertainty is rising, because deficits are confusing and weird, that's creating tightening financial conditions. And so when bond yields rise the way that they've been rising, that hurts banks. <laughs> that makes things a little bit harder for them with their balance sheet management. It hurts commercial real estate. It hurts stocks and the valuation models that we use to value stocks. It hurts companies with maturing debt because they're going into a whole new marketplace where it becomes much more expensive to issue new debt. And then also a lot of these companies issue debt to, to finance share buybacks, and so we have a lot of uh, maybe not so good productive debt on the market as well. It hurts people trying to buy a mortgage, so happy 8% mortgage, we passed that last week. And it hurts people who are trying to buy a house. It hurts commercial real estate. It hurts basically anybody who's trying to take out a loan, these higher bond yields that we've been seeing because those reverberate throughout the market. And so the term premium is higher because everyone's like, okay, well, the US is growing. It looks like it's going to be growing pretty fast, but like, what the heck is this deficit path? Like, is this going to be a sustainable thing? Can the market handle the debt that the US might have to issue in order to make sure that they have enough money to do what they need to do. And so it's kind of like a new normal, right? And so the rates that might be required to place this debt in the marketplace could be higher than anybody imagined because we're in this new normal where rates could be higher for longer. That's something that we have to think about. It could be not always a zero interest rate policy world because we're facing deglobalization, we're facing demographics, we're facing climate change, and we're facing a lot of debt moving forward. We're facing a lot of government debt. We're in this higher for longer world, debt is hard, and there's also potentially a lack of foreign buyers. So maybe China and Japan are not buying as much US government debt as they used to. Hello, deglobalization, right? Also demographics. So baby boomers are aging. They're a little bit more expensive because they do require a little bit more government support. We're just revisiting these fundamental assumptions that we developed during the zero interest rate era that are no longer as tangible as they once were. But the thing is, is the deficit something to worry about? And so JP Morgan published this piece talking about the US deficit uh, back in the fiscal outlook back in August of 2023 and they were kind of like we think it's going to be mostly okay because there was some weird accounting stuff with the deficit this last year student loan payments were just in a weird accounting thing everyone thought that student loans would be forgiven so the government was like okay like we'll you know, we'll put it here, we'll put it, we'll pretend that we did it because we were expecting to. And then of course the Supreme Court came out and they're like, no, no, nothing good for anybody. But, uh, and so that, that was not forgiven. And so that it created this weird accounting thing where the deficit seemed bigger and then smaller because they took it back out. And so the fiscal year 23 deficit is tracking about 1.5 trillion, but only thanks to the odd accounting of student debt forgiveness. Excluding student debt, the deficit would be closer to 1.8 trillion and almost one trillion larger than fiscal year 2022. This widening should partially reverse as we move into fiscal year 2024 when we project a deficit around $1.6 trillion. This year's stealth stimulus may help explain the economy's resilience to rapid interest rate hikes. And so part of the reason that they think that the fiscal year will be a lower deficit is because we should see a normalization in income taxes. The capital gains should be a little bit higher this year. The stock market was obliterated last year, so capital gains taxes weren't as high people weren't making as much money and so the government was a wasn't able to capture all of that but the stock market has been generally okay this year also california like kicked their income tax payment to november now of this year and so once we capture the taxes from california that should help rebalance the deficit too and then a, a spending should go down so there was a cost of living adjustment for social security medicare medicaid um and that of course was expensive like adjusting those 
things to inflation uh, is quite expensive to do. Also, the net outlays on the interest of public debt should go down. Um, There's an expectation that the Fed is going to pause, right? And then the Fed could potentially cut, and that'll reduce the amount of interest spend that the, the, the government is doing on the debt because it's no longer as expensive to finance. So number one, we should not see such high cost of living adjustments because inflation is going down. And then also we should see these um, payments on debt go down because there's an expectation that the Fed is going to pause and therefore it won't be so expensive and so quickly expensive to finance the existing debt that we do have. There's $50 billion to the FDIC. That should not happen again. And then also they replenish the TGA. So the Treasury is basically able to, they have all the money that they need and they got it quickly than anybody expected. We should see some sort of normalization in deficits and we should see some sort of normalization in the path of interest rates. However, nobody's like really sure what's going on with bonds. A lot of people do think it's this term premium, the uncertainty premium rate, like what the heck is going on and why is it going on in the way that it is? That's what Lori Logan pointed out, who's the president of the Dallas Fed, and Jerome Powell pointed that out too. It's just like, this is what you have to pay because people don't know what's going to happen. So there are still worries about the deficit, but there are signs that things should be okay moving forward. Deficits will of course remain higher, but it's editing Kyla here. Um, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit more in detail because I feel like it was a little bit it is a little bit fuzzy but essentially what happened with the deficit the deficit did widen to two trillion it's huge um, but part of the reason was this weirdness with student loan accounting hack um, and just so they accounted for it and then they unaccounted for it but nothing ever happened and then also there was this fall in the collection of income taxes we're still waiting to hear back from California there was also the replenishment of the Treasury general account and also a payment to the FDIC. The government had to do cost of living adjustments, so inflation was really high. They had to do cost of living adjustments on Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, so those things would be accounted for for inflation. Um, they also are paying a lot of interest expense right now because yields are so high, but once yields go back down, which it seems like they'll probably do at some point, they're probably not going to remain at 5%. The neutral rate is higher, probably where it settles at. It's probably not 2%. It's probably 25 3%, as Mary Daly said in our interview. Um, so that could make it, the payments on the debt a little bit lower. And there's a bunch of other things. But basically, what I'm saying in this video is that the deficit will normalize. It's still going to be sky high, and there's also geopolitical stuff going on that could make all of this a little bit more uncertain. But that's why we're seeing this movement in bonds, is this measurement of uncertainty. But Bill Ackman comes out, and everyone's worried that he's called the top on bonds, but Bill Ackman comes out and he's like, listen, we're going to cover our bond short. We don't want to be short bonds anymore. Um, we think that their the economy is going to slow down, that yields are going to go back down. So therefore, prices go up. And will he be right in timing? Maybe. This man has like a knack for being correct sometimes. But I do think there's still some more weirdness that we have to sort out. I think the market wants to see a few more Fed meetings. And of course, it's not just about the Fed, but I do think they want to see a few more Fed meetings. And then I think also just figure out what goes on um, geopolitically as well um, before bonds kind of take a breather.
there should be some sort of rebalancing that makes it not as bad as it has been. And you can look, I'll link all the documents below if you want to go and check those out, but that should be heartening to hear, I think, because it is a little spooky to see what's happening in the bond market. And again, it is this uncertainty, it is this worry, and there is this idea of a new normal. So I do think that the bond sell-off, Lori Logan compared it to the dot-com bubble bursting, where these fundamental assumptions had to be revisited. And I do think that this is a time where we are revisiting a lot of fundamental assumptions that we thought were just baked in fact like we kind of thought that everything would be how it is forever and of course that's not the case like nobody thought that bond yields would be above five percent in their lifetime and here they are at this level and so it's just a good reminder to not get stuck in the idea that things will always be as they are because they can very very quickly change so yeah that's what's going on with bonds hope y'all are doing okay out there i just finished up a really big period of travel uh so i was in los angeles three weeks ago chicago two weeks ago and then i was in boston and new york last week and got back last monday or last morning yesterday morning I was back and yeah, so I hope that you all are doing okay and I'll talk to you very soon.